You have just entered The Royal Access, the show for growth-minded game changers seeking God's direction in their relationships and careers. I'm your host, Coral Pinder, and I'm super excited about growing along with you. Now let's dive in to this episode. Welcome everybody to another episode of The Royal Access. It's your girl, Coral, and I am excited for this new episode. We are in the series for his glory. You would have heard from Felicia last week and Joy. And we have a special guest today with me that I am super excited to introduce you to and stay on till the end of the episode because we have also a special announcement about this guest. So you want to make sure you're here until the end. So today is for his glory. And the topic for today is chasing unconventional dreams, unconventional dreams. And so without further ado, I want to introduce you to my guest and his name is Travis Mello. What up? 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 <laughs> crazy. Finally included in one of your projects in one way, shape or form. <laughs> this is the, yes. wait, before, before I say what this is, yeah. um, I have a question. And I know you got the questions beforehand, but this question is a question that I always ask when I do an interview, but it's one that you didn't get. So Mm -hmm. I always ask my guests this on the spot. This is how we do your intro. So the intro is, how did we meet? Tell the viewers how, well, the listeners on the podcast, how did we meet? We met through our friend Tatiana on one random night in Starbucks slash Harbor Bay. I think you were coming to like drop out something or pick up something from her. But like at that point, like Harbor Bay was still that spot where like we were young creators back home. We didn't really have like a set office space to work. So we had to use that patio to like work in, in network. And lo and behold, that's where we met. And I think you were like, you can't, you, I think you may have had a show that weekend as well too, but I didn't know what you did yet. But I think you were just talking with Tatiana and like, you know, through that triangular, like, circle of friends like you'd be like ah okay I, this gets this person gets it she is an entrepreneur she's a hustler i vibe with this i love the energy she's doing things yeah i think that's when we first met the years ago so that would probably would have been like maybe 2017 or end of 2016 beginning of 2017 maybe yeah. further back yeah oh, 2015 ah yeah yeah yeah, yeah. fresh fresh <laughs> home so because i would have been back you have a good memory. I didn't think you would remember. I'm like, he's not going to remember. You have a good memory. Thanks. Thanks, eh? Thanks. That's that good old omega-3 fish oil, everybody. <laughs> Try to get some sponsors for the show. <laughs> no, because I remember that. But also, I know that I'm going to ask you that. So it's like, right. it's something that I, but I mean, I still remember it because I don't know. It's just like you said, it was like young creatives. It was like, and it was so... I think it was just so like, I don't usually, usually I meet someone like, because either we went to school together or we worked together or we were at an organization, but to just randomly be at Starbucks, I think I came now. I don't remember coming to Tatiana, but she may have been with you, but I came to Etta. So I'm not sure if Etta had some connection with Tatiana, but I was there with Etta because we were working on a show for tap. Mm, mm. so we were working on a show for top and somehow somehow whoever i was with knew who you were with then we all sat together and right. we were kind of connecting and linking up but yeah <laughs> all right i did i didn't stump you i didn't stump you no okay. no no, no. So, so this <laughs> now is about the rest now the rest of the questions still up for debate 
But we can, <laughs> we can do the you best thing possible. The do. first one out the box. <laughs> right. Okay. okay. All right. So my first question for you that's related to <laughs> for his glory is mm. I want you to share with us your journey with faith and your relationship with God um, and how you came into your faith. Like, did you grow up in the faith? Did you like, like describe what that journey was like for you compared to what it is now as an adult? Yeah, I definitely, I do have a history and a background growing up in faith. Um, went to Kingsway uh, for most of my life. So that, that's like the huge crux of like my exposure but, um, you know, being involved in different churches at different points in time, my parents, like once, like at Grace, and then we ended up leaving there and like MPCC, which I considered my like home church where I grew up in most, like um, I went there and then, you know, through that whole, through the whole going to college and transitioning, never always being home. It was always that weird period of, you know, where to get planted again. Like when I was in college, um, I did a little bit of inner varsity. I don't know if you're familiar with what that is. It's like the inner varsity fellowship is usually on campus. Um, and then going to and visiting the churches like in the area, in the Tampa Bay area, um, but still never really rooted and got a home church again until like coming back home. I still wasn't really fully rooted. Um, popping in and out again. Again, you have to deal with like, uh, I work for myself. I got to figure out how to make things happen. I don't know what, true sabbath is i might sneak in a little bit of work on sunday and like make an excuse not to go right and even if you don't work then you got to do sunday is your reset day where you got to do laundry and stuff like that but i think like what most people would relate to is that post pandemic and post pandemic like open up that opportunity and space to shake up a lot of what you thought about life in terms of how you thought and you operated with work. Um, a lot of that was a transitioning point for a lot of period. It was definitely a tough time for a lot of people. But for me, it was also a period to like stop and really ask myself, what am I doing? Where am I going? And like around that time and space, I had that space to like really learn and read the Bible, not to skim through it, but like to read piece by piece. Okay, what is this book saying, you, you know? Um, because what else are you going to do in the pandemic? <laughs> you better read <laughs> <in> the Bible. <laughs> yeah, right. But that was, that happened, to, that turned out to be one of the, the more rewarding experiences and time spent because it allowed me in a place of trying to reflect on like what I have been doing in my life, but to, to really kind of reconfigure it around, okay, what's the real reason why we should be living and then kind of redeveloping that, um, through the inside out, through work, through relationships that you may have and all that. So that's, is definitely strengthened over the period of time. And again, obviously through entrepreneurship, you have those lessons in general, like you learn like how to, and I, and I've always had that. And I transitioned from the beginning end to the latter end in terms of um, doing things and thinking you're doing it because like you were responsible for it to really shift in and like God made that happen. Or God said those opportunities and experiences and giving you those gifts for, for that to happen. So really being more in tune to with that on my later side of life is where I'm at right now. That's good. And so you, so what for you, it's like I grew up in church and so I went to different churches, but it was more so like I'm attending and I'm going to yeah. church and I'm kind of scratching it off. Like I went to church, you know, I did my moral duty for the week, 
versus around the pandemic, you found relationship versus religion. Yeah, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. And again, finding that out and then beating myself up because like you realize how sweet it is. Like, you know what I mean? In terms of what that, that piece is, uh, the not chasing this next thing or, you know, arriving to this particular point because you feel like you have to, or if you're not, then you're behind schedule on your timeline, but like really get into a place where like, like come to me all who are weary and burdened, I would give you rest. You know, mm. I mean? that's a different space to be um, versus what we grew up in, the culture that we grew up in, in terms of like, you got to work, hustle hard, work 12 hours a day, make these yeah. things happen. But then le- coming to a point where we're learning that that's not sustainable. Life is meant to be, to do that, to, to utilize your gifts, but to also come to a place where you enjoy life and the experiences and like to share those experiences with your family and friends as well too. So like having that, I wouldn't say balance, but balancing. Um, and the Bible put all of that in perspective for me over the period of the pandemic. That's awesome. Like I saw a lot of memes during that time where it said like, you know, God paused the world to kind of get our attention. And, right, and, 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 for, and for you, that's, that's exactly what happened. Like wanting to introduce you to like what relationship is really about. So mm. I, I like that. So you mentioned like, you know, as an entrepreneur and this culture, it's very fad about entrepreneurship. And I've talked a lot about it on my podcast about how, you know, people see like, oh yeah, it's right. a fad now, but it wasn't always a fad. No, and so, we, had nothing, we had nothing to work with years ago. <laughs> yeah, like, it wasn't, it yeah. wasn't cool. Y'all were like the broke creatives. Like y'all yeah, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. For real. So, yeah. so, but when, what I'm interested in is when you were growing up, did you know at that time you wanted to be an entrepreneur? Like, what were you thinking when you were a kid? Like, no. this is what I'm going to do. No, no way, shape or form. Like <laughs> I, when, when I was younger, I knew for sure I wanted to invent something. I was always interested in like, like invention. Like I used to watch these old school tech, tech shows, like tech TV and they would have like a series there where it's like an event, like this invention. And I was always like fascinated, like, oh, this boy built this thing out of like two bricks, uh, like a piece of wood and stuff like that. And that always fascinated me. And I think like, you know, given the mid of my life, like the environment I grew up in and with my like my father and my my brother being mechanics, like being, being around technology in an earliest sense in terms of cars, in terms of what it meant to something that's broken to have a process in which you solve this problem um and then you know provide a solution and i think uh growing up in that environment as well as being exposed to like what i think what i thought at the time was invention like kind of put those gears and to put two things together and like that manifestation for me ended up being like in like the web um and then i get a lot of the the numbers, the braininess, the finance side of things were like from my mommy, who was always, who was like my cat for years. Um, and she was always good with numbers. And she always tried to convince me I was good with numbers, even though I didn't believe that as well, too. Um, so that those two kind of traits in a DNA kind of put me to where I am today, I believe, I think. Cool, cool. So you all knew you wanted to invent something, which is still like, an indication and they say too like if you really want to discover 
what you're good at or what you should do. You should go back to your childhood and what were you drawn to? Because that usually gives you a good indication. Right. So like you said, you you knew you wanted to create something. And, and talking about creating something, I think one of the things that was so fascinating to me, why I remembered you, because like I said, it was a very random, like it was just Starbucks that one night, but I remembered you. And I think because you were telling us about, right. I don't want to say the name wrong, but you did like this thing where people went on like a ship and there were like teams or something. Yeah. I, tell me about that project. Like, yeah. And I'm calling it an unconventional project because it was just like, who thinks of these things? Like, I just remember like, wow, like how did he think of it? I just thought like it was so cool. Um, so like, how do you come up with these ideas? And do you ever have people say like, what you talking about? That can't be done. See, like when I met you, I think you already did it. And so it was just like, what y'all did that? It was, it was like, wow, that's cool. Um, so uh, one, how do you come up with these ideas? And uh, tell yeah. us what the idea was. I'm, I'm trying to remember something with teams. I feel like there was yeah, a boat involved. Okay. So yeah, we call it so Starter Island. So it Boom. was the idea. And this, this is based off of, it was based off of, well, it's a competition for entrepreneurs, but it is based off an original idea of a competition I was a part of um, called Startup Bus when I was still working in the States, um, where you had different entrepreneurs get on a bus um, from different parts of America, and they would all like meet like to one place, which was Austin, Texas. And then during that trip, they would build these like um, businesses during that three or five day, that five day trip. Um, and like, I was so like shocked by like not only the space and the friendships in that short period of time because it's like the first technically road trip I've ever been on but we were actually taking the individual like the skills everybody had and in this short period of time trying to figure out how to solve these problems and solutions um, and we did a really good job with that and I went on that competition like probably twice uh, but when the time I came back home again like jo Jones in that ecosystem that community I was like ah like, I wonder if something like this could be done here. And I remember talking to a friend and he's like, oh, I mean, you're in the Bahamas. You should do this on a boat. And I was like, ah, that's, I, I, that, that sounds cool. I don't know how feasible that is. But then I ended up running into my, I, that's when I linked up with the co-founder, my friend, Stephen Cartwright, who at the time was doing these charters on these boats. And we had a big enough boat, um, the, the Beacon One, where he invited me on the boat I think we had a few like you know a few drinks maybe a few cigars on that boat when we went there but I toured and walked around the boat and I was like yo this could work like this could work so we ended up putting together the idea um putting together a short list of a concept for it scaffolding off of the the competition I did before and then pitched it and started to pitch it and then uh at that time I think what helped us a lot is that we were ready with shift the culture, trying to cultivate this entrepreneurial community. And I think Starter Island was that, that platform, that landscape to kind of showcase not only the talent in the competition, but the talent to create and produce that competition. Um, and so a lot of people um, were excited about that, got involved and like, you know, they supported that. Um, and then to your question, was it like, did, did we get a lot of like kickback or like people be like, nah, that can't be done. Um, Subtly, I don't know if you, I don't know if you ever have this <laughs> that that situation where like people won't come directly to tell you, oh no, that won't work. I don't think I, if we got that, I maybe got like one of that. I think I got the majority of, oh, you're doing this thing, cool, like uh, good. Are you still are you still are you still working on it or like when is it like 
oh, how far are you, right? But, and, it, and you always have that as you try to build it. And it's like, nah, you got to ignore all that and just keep pushing through and do it. And I think when we got to that finish line, people were like, oh, yeah, you, you could actually execute and do this thing. Um, so with more positive vibes than negative vibes, for sure. That's awesome. And I think when people go through those experiences where you're doing an unconventional dream or chasing something that seems weird, um, when that's something that you know, like you've been called to do, or this is something that I'm meant to do, I know that I've been created to do this. This is a part of what I've been created to do. We have to remember that God didn't give everybody the dream. And right. so you can't it's so hard like... to remember that. So hard to remember that though. <laughs> it is. It is. Yeah. No, like I had that experience. Like the first episode of Forest Glory was me giving a recap on Easy Love. And I remember we had to have the tickets so high because it was one night only, because we were um carrying it to Nassau and all of these expenses that are associated with it. And I remember right. even doing it in Freeport with one night only, COVID being in the kind of room. I remember somebody, they did the subtle thing that you're talking about. They were like, Oh, um, because we had to postpone from December. So they were like, oh, so are y'all going to get to do it in February? And we're like, yeah. So they were like, are the tickets still the same price? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, And I was like, yeah. "Yeah." You think people will pay it? (laughs) So they were just, I was like. Yeah, so super subtle. Super subtle. And and, and And God bless them to their not like they want to do it actively. I think, and again, a lot of that comes through, whether that might be friends or family. Uh, they know like we as entrepreneurs are going a road less traveled. And there's a lot of like uncertainty with that. It isn't a career that, you know, that we get out of the box straight out of school. It's like for the most part, we are building this ladder as we try to get up to it, right? So yeah. In turn, and the way of scaffolding that sometimes we don't know how we could get there. Like we have it on concept on paper, <laughs> right? So I think, I think so when people hit on that or you get that whiff of doubt, I think what really amplifies that is like, are they right? Like, it's yeah. almost like a question like, uh, is that too high or is that X, Y, and Z? But you got to learn to like shut that voice down and like move in faith. I think that's one of the key like first learning lessons or like bites that you get in terms of entrepreneurship and being so closely tied to like moving and fit to be like, we'll figure it out. You know what I mean? One way, shape or form. And then through that, you learn that you have so much more, so much more in you to come up with different solutions and different ways to try to make it work. And when you make it work, you know, it's a, it's a beautiful thing. Yeah, it's true. It's true. And sometimes, sometimes it's something that, like I was saying on that episode too, before his glory, sometimes what God wants you to get out of it isn't what the success end point is for everyone else. You understand what I'm saying? Like when you were doing um, your competition, maybe you wanted 20 people and maybe you got 20 people and that was success to you. But if you got five, you in your mind may feel like, oh my God, I'm a failure or whatever. But if God still said to carry out the boat, still do it. You don't know what seed was planted with those five people, what seed was planted in you. And so I think it's so important that, you know, the people on the other end may be right. Like, you know what I mean? Because I know I've been on the other end of seeing entrepreneurs or people do unconventional Mm -hmm. things. And I feel like, really? Why are you doing mm-hmm. this? Like this? Right. This is what you're right. doing? Right. Who's that? that yeah. But again, is that in, it, it, to a degree, it might be like, it has to be, it might be a lesson, but at the same token, above all, that's for them, whether that, that is a right. win or a loss. Like that's their particular thing they got to go through at that point in time. Right. Yeah. And that's what we have to remember. Like, you know, just, you know, pray and support that person. So mm-hmm. have you had a chance? Cause I know you said like relationship for you 
um, didn't really start until like the pandemic, but I don't know if beforehand you felt like you had conversations with the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. or is it sense, mm-hmm. but have you ever had something where, whether knowingly like, oh, that had to be God or knowingly like this is literally the Holy Spirit telling me to do this, that you had to go through a project or do something like Travis normally wouldn't do this, but I know that God wants me to walk through this. So that's what we're doing. But me, myself, personally, I probably wouldn't do it. <laughs> yeah, I would definitely say for that had to be because, again, I my main thing is technology. I, I think the thing that was that with God and the Holy Spirit tried to take me through was the co-working space side of things. Mm-hmm. Going from going from a digital world to the, with all the risks and heavy lifting of a phys- physical, tangible product. Um, and the reason I feel like I was, it was heavy on me to try to do that or attempt to do that because again, it's a part of my nature and my DNA. I grew up in co-working spaces. I grew up in environments where like, especially when I like went back to Tampa, right before coming back from school, from graduation to try to figure out if I could like work over there, right. Where this co-working space, while I was trying to navigate this life and try to figure out, you know, either doing door to door or whatever, trying to get hired but this space where I see other people coming together to try to figure out how to make things for them work. And that was a huge part of me. And again, that, that formulated a lot of what we wanted, what I wanted to get out of starting Shift the Culture is to have that ecosystem in that community. So when we had the opportunity, different opportunities, because first we had Theory Exchange, which was in Dugar Plaza before we moved, or we had the opportunity to go venture co-working in Rosetta. Like Rosetta. first. Yeah, Rosetta. But when we first had the first space, it was like, okay, I I have through this community, we have friends that are all trying to do this thing. We could put less, maybe this could be a thing, an opportunity for co-working where we could pull resources together, work together and probably get bigger projects. Right. So we've done that and it was very low cost. um, But for one reason or the next, we just, we ended up deciding not to do it, like to not continue it. Um, Luckily, most of the people who I've navigated with through this space, they either became like business partners and other ventures, or, you know, it just opened up other opportunities for different things to be done. Um, And I think that was the Holy Spirit just being like, okay, that's a little pain. Like it could be done. We've done it. It was small. It doesn't look grand like what you would think, but it still happened. It still was the essence of collaboration and working together. Then a few months go by and then this opportunity um, for taking over and managing venture co-working comes into play. And I was like, ah, I thought I was out of the game, but it's like (laughs) the opportunity presented itself where, okay, we've already cultivated this community. We were doing events like pitch night, um, you know, and meetups. And that was still strong enough to, but we still were bouncing around different places like a Vista or like people's backyards trying to have events. This is an opportunity to kind of put that in the space and see what could happen and then mutually benefit from doing that. So the Holy Spirit is like, ah, oh, yeah, I think you have all of these things pieced together. Try to do this again, like through this. And so we did, and it worked very well. And then the pandemic happened, <laughs> you know, not necessarily to say like, ah, oh, you know, because obviously we, as you know, now we had to let the space go, but right. we've done that space for three years and we've learned and everybody through that space has learned and grown so much. And they're in huge and different spaces. And when I look back on that in terms of like, Lord, was I meant to be here? I've learned a lot of skills from myself. The Holy Spirit, I, the Holy Spirit worked through me, not only through 
the great opportunities that come through it, but also facing my own like insecurities and demons as well too, in terms mm-hmm. of like being, being a leader or like, you know, mm-hmm. my attitude towards either clientele or other people in my relationship. I think that was definitely a period where I learned a lot from it, but I didn't necessarily need that to continue. I think right. I, if it happens again, great. But I think I, I, I was equipped with the tools and the experiences that kind of got me through given an opportunity for people to do what they want to do and for, for me and the people around me to grow as well too. So that was a great unconventional project that we did that I thought that I think the Holy Spirit led me through. But I love that. The reason why I love what you were saying just now is it's, it's kind of to the point that I was saying before of we don't know what success looks like of why God wanted us to go through it. Because like you were saying, like having the physical space wasn't something that you would want to do. Stay in tech, stay digital, let's just stay online. But you knew you were, were right. gravitating and drawn to a community. And so it's like, okay, if God wants me to do community in this way, then okay. Um, and so you went and leaped out on faith and it wasn't until the pandemic that it didn't stay. But like you were saying, like there were things that you had to grow through things that about yourself that you had to character building, um, things that you had to face that God was working in you. So I think sometimes that our mind is, okay, we're going to open this. God told me to open this. So it's going to be huge. No, God told you to open it and it's going to grow, but really it's more about your character. And I think that that's what we sometimes like, we forget, like if I'm on earth to glorify God, bring glory to God, you know, walk in the purpose that he has for me and bring others to Christ, then I feel like, oh, I'm praying and fasting because he's going to make sure my business blow up. I'm praying and fasting because he's going right. to bring me this person in my life. No, you're praying and fasting for him to do what yeah. he wants to do in your life. And what it is, is to make you more like him. And so when you're going through a struggle and it's like, well, I'm not getting the results that the world told me I should be getting. Are you getting the results in your heart and in your spirit? Period. Are you more patient? Are you more understanding? Are you more kind? Are you more gentle are you getting the fruit of the spirit because that's the goal and i think sometimes we get so caught up in the world's goals that yeah. we're like god should make sure to succeed I do yeah, no. <laughs> he, the the lord literally owes you nothing he literally and i think that's that's the thing to going through those struggles and those hardships help you to again with character help you to remember in terms of like if the Lord blesses you, he blesses you not for anything that you could have done to, or to earn that blessing. It, it isn't like, oh, I've done, I've, I've paid all my bills on time. I should get a promotion or, or whatever it is. It's like, I bless you because I feel like you could take care of this thing. You could steward this thing. And if you do this the right way, you could have huge implications and impact on the people that you work around, right? But you don't see that in it. You just get in the, the cuts and the bruises and you, ask it, and you get it like very, you, very Joby. It's a very Joby situation like to it, but the wisdom comes after that. And I think that the wisdom comes just like Job, the wisdom. the wisdom comes through the discourse and the experience in it until you get to a place of realization of be like, ah, these, how these dots connect. You know what I mean? It's, it's true. We didn't say you're getting all Joby. Um, <laughs> Joby and you, yeah. uh, and then you get in this wisdom. Yeah. I joke all the time because one of my Joby experiences is, um, my journey with singleness. And so right. I, I took a year off of dating, you know, you were a part of that project as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've been single ever since. And I was saying to myself that, you know, God's going to bring the husband the next year after I finish a year challenge. And he didn't. Right. So I'm like, got, so like after two years, I'm like, you trying to get me an associate's degree and learning right. what I need to learn. 
then four right. years. I'm like, I'm not trying to get a bachelor's after eight years. I'm like, do you want me to have a PhD? A PhD is what <laughs> you need to do. Yeah. But when you think, <laughs> I, have a doctor, I have a doctor degree yeah 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 singleness i have a doctor yeah. for those listening i have a doctor right. this 10 years i have a thesis i must teach a class a professor yeah, but, that, but but single but at the same token singleness is a gift too again I, I like i've been like around that point in time where we had our the the your project i was single and then i've been in a relationship or two maybe depending I, I can't please don't ask me to count but, but between then but now I've been in this I've been in the season of being single again like going on uh two or three years but it's intentional it is it's not in a place of and this probably might segue into the next question that I was just gonna say oh you got me ready for my idea. next question yeah but uh, <laughs> let me to try to jump the gun on that I think it, it takes you to a place where like where I am right now, I still realize that there's a, there's a lot of work that God still wants to do in me, not only for myself as an individual, but for when I do find that partner and when I do work with somebody. But God has to teach me a lot about my relationship with my family, my relationship with my friends, my relationships with my business and my clients, my relationship with money and responsibility, all which inform and if you do it the right way, could bring a lot of growth and love into a relationship. I think the challenge with that is, you know, finding somebody who's on that same page and that same place of where they want to, they need to do these things for themselves in order to sync up together where you could create this family. So I'll leave, I, I could go deeper than that, but I'll let you go into the question to frame it, <laughs> to frame it up a little bit more. <laughs> curious. I am curious. Yeah. Okay, let me, let me let y'all know. Let me let y'all know what the question is and then because he can have me jumping up and down. But let me, yeah. I do want to, I, I am going to segue into that because right. like, like, so how long have you been single now? You you say you don't know. Like two and a so, half, two and a half years, two, maybe. Two and a half yeah. years, two and a half years. So 20, my question, 10, yeah. my question yeah. to Travis, and I didn't know if Travis was included in this, of these people. But I, right. he just told me that he is included in these people. But what right. I know, what the question what I had for Travis is because as an entrepreneur, I'm an entrepreneur, Travis is an entrepreneur, and we're chasing unconventional dreams. We're in unconventional, right. like l- life looks different. I am, and, and in, mine wasn't by choice, mine was by purpose. But I wanted the traditional, not the unconventional part. This unconventional path is just Jesus. Like I wanted right. the, you go to college, you come out of college at 21, you get married at 21. You have children, you work in your career, you get your family and you move on. That is the traditional way of life. And that was the plan that I was trying to go on. God said, no, Mm. that's not for you. You're going to come over here on this unconventional path where you're driving Mm. down this road. Now, for me, I intentionally took a year off. And so I did have people on the end of, of, uh, I think of how I am now sometimes when I meet certain guys of like what you doing? Like, you don't need to take this whole time off. You don't need to, but I knew that I needed to intentionally for whatever reason. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I knew I needed to. So what I am coming across now in the entrepreneurial world, because I have like married friends who ask all the time, they're like, I'm sure, sure you're meeting somebody. I'm like, I do meet people. But when I do meet someone where you are like-minded, you're both growth minded, you're both on the same path of, you know, growing and building something. If they are an entrepreneur, I want to tell you nine out of 10 times the response is just in a season of just building Mm. my business, Mm. just trying to focus on my business and growing this business. I can't afford 
to take on a relationship right now because I'm just so focused on like building yeah. this business. Super wild. Like, I guess- Super wild. <laughs> So again, again, like I said, I didn't yeah. know if Travis fell in this category, but I know Travis is an entrepreneur. So if yeah. he didn't fall in this category and was dating, then he had friends who might have fallen in this category. But now we see Travis is in this category. So he's definitely the great person to answer this question. So yeah. <laughs> my question was, um, what, why do you think they're there? And I know you gave us a little insight just now in mm. terms of, I thought, I felt that was a very good point because I do think that those are things you should work on while you're single. You do need mm. to work on. And I, and I've noticed that like the way you relate to friends, family, because the same thing you do with them is what you're going to do in a marriage. Like it's going to be mm. the same exact. Thing. So mm. I do think that that is important, but it's, it's like this abyss of time that. <laughs> well, boy, do you have an Oxford dictionary next to you? The way you pull that from, but if I feel it, I felt that. I felt that. I felt that. And I and I get that as well, too, because again, out of the um my women friends who are like who are not only entrepreneurs but are waiting because they went down that traditional track. It is very frustrating because yeah. again, and I and I would be the first to admit for guys, we don't care. I mean, or at least it's not a priority of us because we're not on a time clock. Like in relation to that, I wouldn't go as far to say men don't want relationships. I mean, I can only, I, I could really only speak for me and I could speak from the, the privilege of being with a different group of male friends, all in different seasons of relationships. Okay. Um, like, but for me, well, no, I won't start with me. I'll end with me, but like for my <laughs> friends, you have a lot of different things in relation to like, they are in relationships but they didn't recognize all of the obligations and the demands in which the relationship needs or requires. Not okay. only from like, like it could be from asset related, like if you share a house or if you got to split, you know, you know, chores or responsibilities around the house, just regular maintenance. Do you get two cars? Do you get one car? Do we have pets? How many pets do we have? How many times are we going to go over to your parents versus how many times are you going to come over to our parents? What are we going to do for Thanksgiving? Are we going to do a family trip? All those things are variables that my friends have to think about like thoroughly. And in some cases, most of them, you can never really be prepared. Those are things that you learn in a relationship, but it's definitely caught a lot of my friends out of shell shock in terms of the demands in which the relationship has. And mm-hmm. they wish that they would have put a lot of things in place or learned a lot of things for themselves, not only just money, but like in order to be in a better position to take that, that take that burden and that weight. Mm-hmm. Um, like for me, I see that and I recognize that. And I always ask myself, okay, like, you know, I definitely want a relationship. I definitely want, I, I more particularly want somebody who shares, not necessarily what I did an entrepreneur. Yes. Uh, but she doesn't necessarily have to be, um, she right. could be, you know, in nine to five. And I know women who are entre- entrepreneurs who do that vice versa as well, too. Um, it all depends on what are your goals? What are you trying to do as a family? And do these two players work together in this collaboration? And I think as for me, as I go through dipping my, dipping my toe back into the dating scene. Oh, you're dipping seeing, it a little bit. Good. Yeah. No, no, no. Good. Yeah, of course. Yeah, 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 yeah. Good. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, Good. But, but at the same token, you realize the dating pool is very small because of that. Like it's, it's small in relation to people. Like, again, I, we have goals. Um, people have shared goals, but right. I might be on a date with somebody who is trying to get a house and kids now. Right. <laughs> like after we leave dinner, 
Like, what are we doing? <laughs> okay, you fair point, fair right. point, fair point, fair point, yeah. fair point, so, fair point. So you do get some of that because again, I give you that. It, I give you that. And it, You're right. And it goes back, and it goes back, to, it goes, and it goes back to the world. And again, it's not necessarily them. It's the world putting pressure on them, thinking on us, on everybody, on certain things need At to 35, happen. And they need to happen fast. Your womb is geriatric, they say, Travis. At so, thirty-five, and I, and I think, it, but it does, it does people disservice because they're not really driven by their own priorities as much as they think they're driven by the world's priorities. And again, that pressure to kind of get to this place slips you up and trips you up. Like you don't want to put to a place where you feel like you need to have a house, but you know you haven't put the financial strengths in place where you're willing to put yeah. the debt on that you now have to share that debt with the, your partner. Right. You have to think those three, four five steps ahead. Not to say that you talk and think about that on the first date. Um, like, you, but, but to your point, there are people yeah. who right. who take like what you're thinking. Like, right. What you- yeah. I think I think the sweet spot is having somebody or being like going on a date or being with somebody who thinks about these things or, and have worked on trying to figure out how to do this thing there, like in their own way. Um and you have that communication with them in terms of, hey, this is what I've been trying to figure out, how we can learn. And at some point you meet somebody where like you recognize that you can help each other, not selfishly, but like if you team up, you like each other, you have chemistry, you do X, Y, and Z, but you could also support each other in a, in a way deeply, like through love, but then also that with the, the, tail, uh, the, the scale tips, and it does tip for everybody. This is Ecclesiastes 101. Life doesn't go plan A, B, and C. And whether if I have, like, if I have a situation where I'm not working or my wife loses a job or we have a kid or we have where things where like our, our parents or our grandparents get ill or sick and then those other things, can you waver, can you handle that storm together? And I think that's the main thing I try to I don't know if you can look for it on the first date, but I try to I try to ask I try to ask God that if I am inter- if if I am entertaining a date, like do I see these character traits in this person as well too? And I think another I, yeah for sure. No, I love that. I love when you said I ask God like what character traits do I need to be looking out for? And the reason why I said I love the ask God and the reason I brought up this question in unconventional dreams because like I said it does happen mostly with people who are entrepreneurs. Um, I don't know why I keep running into entrepreneurs. I'm not really running into a lot of nine to fivers um, mm-hmm. in the process of dating, but I, I have run into a lot of entrepreneurs, people chasing unconventional dreams. And they're unconventional about taking the risk of doing their career. But mm-hmm. when it comes to dating, it's like, nope, I need to do have this X, Y, Z. Okay, so you so so you being unconventional with the career and, and taking risks and trying all right. that, but when it comes to a relationship, no, I need to have this in order and that in order. And that. so right. uh, you want to be traditional in this sense, like a- across the board, you mm. got to pray about whatever you got to pray about. Yeah. If you should be going to relationship, you got to mm. pray about that risk taking mm. move. Like, cause then it makes me wonder, are you praying about that? Or are you just taking the risk mm. because you want to, to do entrepreneurship? So right. I, and I'm not saying they're not praying about it. Maybe there are people, like I said, I was someone who was in a season where I felt God told me to take a year off. And I did have people interested who were, you know, saying like, yeah. you probably shouldn't do it. So if someone is in a season where it's like, no, God literally did tell me like right now that cool, but I just wanted to have that conversation and dialogue to kind of hear from what are some of the yeah. men thinking on that end. And are they 
you know, praying about it. Because we can't be risk takers and do what we want to, you know, doing the nine yards for career. But then when it comes to relationship, no, I don't have uh, this and that, this in place. So no. Yeah. And listen, and, and again, the key thing for that in my mind is that I, if you do, those objections are real, but to the heart of those objections, do I need to get X, Y, and Z to get, I, if, do I need to get X, Y, and Z together? Because I feel like I need to get that together for myself, or I like you, I love you. I want to get X, Y, and Z together for us. So make sure that we're good. Because if we right. bring these two planets and collide together, and I and I hope that you think the same for me as well too, because again, what I what I don't want to happen, which I've also seen in different dynamics of relationships, where like, for either it happened and they didn't think any better or didn't think of the repercussions, or it's just like life happened within the relationship. It's just a situation where like you have one person carrying all the burden, and is yes. putting resentment and is putting so much pressure on the relationship. Whereas this one person who they're supposed to love, they have to go through all of this resentment that they have to work towards and X, Y, and Z. And that's one, if, if, if there's a thing that scares me in a relationship is, is get, is being in a relationship where it gets to that point where you don't look, where you can't recognize the person that you are in relationship with because of pettiness or whatever that may be. And most of that pettiness might be put on by the world that you didn't necessarily need to put on you know, for one reason. I understand. And in a guy, in, in guy's defense, and I think I've heard this from different guys at different times of, I'm not sure the person wants me more than they want marriage or children, mm. like a title. Mm. Mm. Um, and so I've Cause heard guys, from- Cause guys will do it too. They have a check. They guys, some guys have checklists. They got to do and, X, Y, and Z. Right. And so I feel like in those situations, it's like, are you going to change once the ring is on your finger? Cause you got what you want. And now it's like, you should do this and you should do that. And the other couples on Instagram are doing this and the pressure, like you said, and the resentment is built up because you never were invested in loving me and making sure you had my back. Like I had yours. You were more invested in having a ring and having this title. And right. I think in guys' defense, it's that's kind of a thing too. When they're like, mm, "Ain't nobody gonna trick me. Let me let me build up my bills. Let me let me right. let me build up my company. You can trick and, me." And, yeah, and then a, a particular thing about this particular point in time that we're at right now, we are in this Bumble Tinder generation. Our parents oh, never gosh. had to deal with this. They had to go to one roller rink, and whoever they met there, they met there, <laughs> right, or whatever it is, or one part of the island. We I have did. so much. We have so much access to information and choice now where if it don't work out in the date or two i could swipe to see next or i have two or three in the queue and that goes on both sides so when you approach relationships like that where it's very temporary very transactional to a degree you can't put down deep roots so when real things happen let's say if you you know you have you as a person in the relationship may have health conditions. You may have a child that has health conditions or whatever. When the storm really hits and you can't, it ain't a thing where you could just get off the Ferris wheel. Are you going to stick around? Are you going to fight this thing out? Are we going to pray to figure this thing out? Right. Do you you like, again? Mm-hmm. Exactly. So like all of those things play a factor in. And that's why I say like the pool is getting smaller for me, not to necessarily say that they're out there. I mean, that they're not out there. Yeah, but I have to be very intentional in which because you could again the a part of singleness as well too is having that urge to just have a warm body or you know you get lonely. <laughs> that's what it is. That's real. But 
that's where the discipleship comes in and being obedient to be like, nah, I'm going to do this the right way. I'm going to not scratch yeah. this itch. I'm going to, you know. <laughs> I'm going to press I'm forward. Yes, gonna... 100%. 100%. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. Yeah, yeah no, like literally it is, it is hard um, to be in that um, space. And I, I hear your point too. Cause like usually when guys say like, you know, pool small, we got pool small. I know a million girls. I can set you up but like 10 girls right now. Yeah. What'd you talk about? Yeah. Um, but but it I isn't like- about, it isn't about the quality. I mean, the quantity of women is about the quality of character. Ooh. And that's men and women. That's, that's men and women. Tweet that. Is that? is that literally like I was watching a dating show the other day and so when the guys and so in your mind you're like oh I don't meet a lot of guys who love God so when the guys came out and they introduced themselves as you know somebody who was a believer and he was like he abstinent I'm like oh yeah that's a good one all right he believe it there a couple episodes in I'm like oh he got issues he needs to heal he, he's still hurting he still got but it's like you have to uncover all of that you can't be so right. anxious when you hear that someone is oh they believe okay well yeah let's roll this is it so yes but thank you i i do think that you brought some perspective from the men of one it's the it's the way to go to represent the men respect us they still need to pray yeah yeah we all need to pray so you said we all do so you said you was praying and i got to show you the character like you said yeah 100% it's about the quality of the character. It's not about the quantity of the people that you're meeting. It's the quality of the character. And you also said that you're dipping your toe in dating, which is, which I, I think is great. Because like I said, they're like not dating at all. Like I'm not dating, I'm building my business mm. and it's fine. Like I said, some people are in that season. But my thing is just, I think as believers, both, like you said, should pray of, you know, what is God saying to do in that season? And then like you said, when you do come across people looking at the quality of the character because it is unconventional to be 30 over 35 and not married mm. it's unconventional to me um but if that is what god has called you to because there's a lot of wisdom i can't i i do not i cannot can't buy it can't no, buy it not all of the no wisdom way. i've no 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 and when i talk to certain married friends um they just don't have they have a, a naivety about them and it's nothing against them it's just that you haven't had to walk this hard road. Like you right, just 100%. You just, yeah. you, you just, just haven't had the experience. It's a different experience. It's a different experience. It's not to discount one or the other. Because again, no, and which, I've learned, I- which I've learned through my friends, either in relationships or married, you get a lot of gems from that as well too, in terms of like right. how you see love really play out when it's like, like, and you don't have the risk with that. You can kind of see like, ah, oh, okay. I have to, but make a note of it. Not just to say, oh, that's married life or what that is. Or, you, or come to a place where you'd be like, Oh, my relationship will never be like that. You never know. You have two, at the end of it, when, at, at the end of everything, you have two people in a, two broken people in a broken world trying to figure out how to love, to genuinely love each other, but reflect again through their character, how God loves, you yeah. know what I mean? In terms of, in doing that for one another, where like, you know, in a lot of different ways, but yeah, you get what I'm trying to. Yeah, you know, no, no, no. Yeah. I get what you, I get what you're saying, yeah. and I think that's why community is so important because, like you said, I don't know what I don't know what it, so I am naive to marriage. I'm I'm gonna be like, why don't y'all just do that? Oh, poor girl, she don't know nothing about being married. She don't. Know. 
she don't know nothing. But they can teach me just as just as how I have wisdom from being single. And right. I think that we were created for relationship because we were created to interact with each other. So when we do go along these unconventional paths, whether it's entrepreneurship or nonprofit or doing something else like that, um, not to say like, oh, it doesn't seem like most people do this. Something's wrong with me or I'm insecure about it or I feel rejected about it because I'm on a path that most people aren't know that God is building something in you that you're able to deposit into others because they don't have that experience. And right. so we shouldn't resent it because at the end of the day, it's for his glory. So I'm going to, I did have a few more questions, but because of the time, I'm going to wrap up. So, yeah, yeah. We, so, get, we got deep. We got very deep. You, know, we got very, you yeah. told me, you told yeah. me before we came so, and you're like, yeah, no. yeah. Yeah. So I guess what we probably have to do when whenever you do the announcement, we'll just have to do a switch. I'll leave that there. Yeah, yeah, yeah I love it. it. I love yeah. it. I love it. I love yeah. it. All right. Yeah. Okay. So the last question I have is shared a hard moment you experienced when going after um, one of your unconventional dreams um, where God mm-hmm. really had to be there for you. Um, that's we're gonna end on that one. Well, we'll there's yeah. a happy note to end on, but uh, yeah. <laughs> we'll end on that one and then go um, to a happy note. For sure. I think it'll come back to venture co-working for me, especially because it challenged so much of the knowledge that I did have before going in, in terms of skills, whether it might be through marketing or like like business relationships and like what we've learned through trying to raise funds or sponsorship or support to like start an island and like putting it in a tangible thing that you had more skin in the game with, right? So decisions had a lot more heavier weight in terms of what we're going to do, what we're going to attempt to do. And then with that weight, also having that direct like hit of consequences when things don't work out in X, Y, and Z, like payroll or like having enough cash flow to do X, Y, Z. And I, I remember, I'll never forget, this is one time, like just it is a challenge or a, like a hardship of character. It was at one point in time where like we were just on the, on the urge of like having to pay for the next month's rent, right? And I couldn't see from any direction or angle how we would pay this on time, right? There's no way. And, you know, we had to pay the landlord. Um, we had to follow up with, like, payment from the tenants in the space. It's just a lot of different moving variables, and it just didn't seem like it was going to be X, Y, and Z. So it kind of hit me to that point, especially putting so much energy into it, is that it, does this make sense? Is this worth it? Like, did we waste time? Like, does this, you know, over just like a, this one thing, um, a lot of crises around, a lot of different things, everything from like the, the cesspit blowing up and needing to be redone or like electricity going off or like the toilet overflowing into the conference room that we have to try to vacuum up, like stuff like that, a lot of different things. But th- in this particular one, it was like, are we going to last another day, right? And I think this was before the pandemic. And I just remember like, saying I got no other moves. The only thing I could do is pray. And we were just sitting down and praying. And then a lot of the anxiety I had just started to wash away. And then like one particular path became to became clearer. And I acted on that path. And like, it's like, okay, you know what, Travis, just call this person, see if this person, like, you know, I know you probably follow up X amount of times, but just call this particular person. I picked up the phone because I don't think this person was available. I think I was trying to reach her, but she wasn't. But I picked up the phone and she finally came. I was like, oh, yeah, why did you say so? I could uh, for I could wire the money to there right now. <laughs> right. And so at this point and before this point, I've literally written the check and given it to the, to, to the <laughs> landlord, not knowing if they were going directly to the bank. 
<laughs> right? But it's like, yo, oh yeah, transfer right now. So beep, boop, boop, and, and everything was good right before they went and deposited the check. Um, and that was one of the moments where it's like, okay, I, God, I have no other move. I have to give this, like, I, I, I know I need to give this to you. I should have given this to you a long time ago. I'm giving you this to you right now. And he kind of came through in a very weird, unconventional way in terms of whether just giving me peace in the moment, giving me wisdom to make the next move. Yeah. And, to just, and, and then building that muscle of faith that who knew that we would need it through a pandemic into today. You know what I mean? So that's that, that so, was, a, yeah. That's so amazing. Um, just because like you had to write the check and all and like, I don't know. And I love that. Sweating bullets. Let me tell you, sweating bullets. You heard it here first, everybody. But again, <laughs> God came through. God came through. And like, we have a great, nothing ever changed. Still have a great relationship with Lanthar to this day, even though we're not in the space and just the relationships with everything, you know? So it was good. It was good. And like you said earlier, like all of it was strengthening your faith, strengthening your faith, your trust in God, your relationship with God and your character. Like, again, doing it, something, doing something that's unconventional or something like this is a lot or I never thought to do it isn't just about, you know, coming on the other side and everybody being like, wow, that was so amazing. Like, good for you. Um, sometimes coming on the other end is just because God wanted to, you know, strengthen your faith through that hard moment. And you could look back and say that was God, because again, it's for his glory. Like I'm not doing it so that people can praise me. I'm doing it so people can praise God. And so when I go through those moments and I can use it as a testimony, people can give God the glory. And so I think that that's a beautiful thing. So Travis, I thank you for doing this episode with me. We did it. We did, we did it. it. We did we it. Did we did it. Did it. We made it. And now the announcement. So a few weeks ago, I told you guys that we were going co-ed and that we were introducing you to some new hosts and we introduced you to two female hosts. So I know you were like, well, how are we going co-ed if you only introduce us to two female hosts? And so I said that, you know, the guys that we were about to bring on realized on the day of introduction, like they really have too much on their plate. But, you know, self-awareness was the topic that day. So I'm like, I glad they were self-aware to know that before we went and did the episode <laughs> and so we allowed them to peacefully you know decide to transition out but I started to pray about um bringing on another host and I asked the other host who we now have on and they gave us some names and so I was like okay I'll pray about those names and I was just praying um and one of them I did reach out to and they are going to start just not not as yet because they have some things to do in the next coming months so we do have the second male host and so I was just praying about who the mail was going to be in and just nothing was, I wasn't getting confirmation for any of the names that they gave me to, to make the call. And I didn't know some of them. And then I was just scrolling on IG and like from time to time, I noticed like Travis be talking about Jesus and scriptures and he like a youth meeting or something is like Travis, like more deep in his faith. God, what's going on? <laughs> I, not that Travis wasn't, but I meant. No, 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 no. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. I met yeah. Travis when we did the one year challenge. Um, he was, I, I um, asked a few people. And I literally just knew you a few months. Um, and I'm not sure why your name came to mind because it wasn't like I saw you as this some like deep religious person, but I just was right. like, which, oh, I'm, which I am not, which I am not. I'm working on it though. Do a lot of working on it. He has an <laughs> awesome personality. This would be great yeah. to sell the book. So that's what I was thinking back in 2014, yeah. 2015. Like I met him at Starbucks. He seemed super friendly. He's not going to be shy in front of this camera. He will be great to share the book. But I didn't really get a vibe like, uh, you know, the Holy Spirit be telling me about, you know, I didn't mm -hmm. get that vibe from Travis. So I was just like, okay, cool. And Travis, I realized as you were telling your story today that we have been in each other's journey 
throughout that whole time because I remember when you at Rosetta, you allowed us mm-hmm. to come and practice. We were able to use the space. You offered us mm-hmm. the space. Then when you were adventure mm-hmm. co-working, we shot our documentary there. Um, mm-hmm. The documentary that you would have watched the other day at Easy Love, yep. we shot that mm-hmm. adventure co-working. Um, and then um, when I would have plays and stuff, you would come out to the plays. And so I, I've known Travis throughout the whole time. Just, oh, wow. you know, check, wow. Yeah, checking in every yeah. now and then. But the social media post recently and like the last, it was like something different about yeah. Travis. And then God dropped him in my spirit. And I was just like, I will reach out to Travis. But tra- y'all, Travis be busy. I be asking Travis. I remember one time I asked Travis about something. School me on something. Travis, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll message you back. I'm like, you're the only yeah. person. It's been months. <laughs> it's been months. Yeah. I'm like, I'm <laughs> yeah. To teach me or something I was asking you a question about. But Travis be busy. So I was like, Travis going to be too busy for that. But I was like, you know what? He gave me his name. I will try. And I explained to him what the process was. And he was like, yeah, I think I think I would be. So uh, what I want, Bill, you just listen to the episode with one of your new hosts. We don't have the, we don't have the club. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, like I'm super thankful for this opportunity. And I I think one of the things you want to ask is like, like, what am I getting out of it? Is that. Yeah. What are you looking forward to? Yeah. I think, again, like I've been having a lot of these deep, meaningful conversations conversations like with you in general with just like people just in terms of like reconciling faith god life with work and how we move through it and i and i've been cherishing these relationships and i think we need to have more of these conversations um so when you ask it's like uh, i don't know like i don't know like let's just get him a foot in the game you know i still got a lot to learn i still got some things i gotta iron out but then like the immediate thing i thought about was like Moses talking to, to God and he's like Moses making up excuses about like ah I don't know now am I again and I so much things like Karel you build this platform for so long and I'm no stranger to it at all especially you turn the game of podcasting whatever like that but I've never been in a space where I could talk about faith and intertwine the two and you've been doing that for a while so I like this opportunity in which I can exercise those muscles a little bit more and blend those two worlds together so that's the main thing I'm looking out for this and I am thankful for the opportunity and hopefully I do a good job I think you're gonna be great (laughs) I know they're gonna love this episode I think hearing Travis doing his solo episodes are gonna be great too so I hope you enjoyed this episode for his glory Travis Tell them how they can connect with you. We're going to put that in the show notes as well. And then Travis will be here um, throughout the year when he hosts his solo episodes. And like he said, we'll do a switcheroo. One time he'll, maybe he'll interview me for an episode. Yeah, I mean, yeah, put it, put it out there for real. I got to get you back. <laughs> I got to get you back. Uh, but yeah, if you want, you can find me on socials, Travis Miller Webb on IG and Twitter. And then Travis Miller, you'll find me Travis Miller on uh, Facebook if you want to find me on Facebook. It's like a cartoon as a photo. Yeah, it's like a, it's a painting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you can find my head or whatever like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Uh, but looking forward to this. And thank you, Karel, as always. Thank you. I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. Please share it with a friend and check us out in the Royal Access because we are now definitely going co-ed. All right. Thanks, guys. We will see you next week. Thank you for listening to the Royal Access Podcast. Be sure to learn more about how to connect with us in the show notes below. If you enjoyed the episode, please share it with a friend. We would also love for you to consider leaving a rating or a review. Until next time, I'm Corel Pinder, your truth-telling accountability partner.